0: And we're going to read verses 13 and 14. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. And for those of you who don't have a Bible, you need to pick one up right on your way out. You can pick one up and be able to, to so I, we could all hear this. That. Galatians chapter thir- 5, 13 and 14, you got it? It says, I have the uh, New Living Translation. It says, my friends, you were chosen to be free. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do anything you want. Use it as an opportunity to serve each other with love. All that the law says can be summed up in the command to love others as much as you love yourself. That's it. Don't use freedom to do whatever you want. But our commandment is to love one another. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. True freedom exists with boundaries. During this past week, all across America, people celebrated their liberty and freedom in a lot of different ways. Some celebrated their independence from tyranny and bondage to England by lighting fireworks. Some of them were a little illegal, but they they lit them. And then others celebrated their freedom of speech by staging protests in Oakland and Santa Cruz and LA and other cities over the Oscar grant and uh, Johann uh, Miserle trial. That was all freedom of speech. And thousands and thousands of people celebrated their freedom and liberty all last Sunday. But yet, many of those thousands of people still had their souls in prison. They may have gone to a picnic. They may have picked the perfect spot to see the fireworks. Spent the whole day with family and friends. Listened to music, oohed and aahed at the fireworks. But when their smiles and the fireworks were over, then their soul, once again, had the hurt and the pain of the world. Even though we celebrate our freedom and independence once a year, I believe, as Christians, we should celebrate every single day of what we have been independent from. The bondage of guilt, the bondage of sin, the bondage of fear, and the bondage of death. Our independence was won over 2,000 years ago on the cross that Jesus died on. Now freedom, the word freedom is defined as the ability to be and do what one wants instead of being controlled by another. That's what Webster says is freedom. Freedom that we are able to choose our actions and attitudes. We're able to choose them, but our responses to others should be the same way that we would respond to God. In another sense, we cannot be and do what we want because we're not independent of others or God. The Bible constantly tells us that the kind of freedom that all of us have is the freedom... That slaves have. Because Romans 1 1 says this this letter is from Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. There was, you know, the other day uh, I was here at the office and and Laura, who's in our our women's home, she was leaving and, and I was just getting in my car and as she was leaving, I read the back of her t shirt. And the back of her t shirt said, freedom isn't free I actually wanted to ask you for that t-shirt because I liked it (laughs) but it said on the back of a shirt freedom isn't free and I kind of sat there and I thought about that statement and I began to really think about it because in this country we have been given tremendous freedom the problem our country is having is that we have forgotten that with freedom comes responsibility With freedom, there are boundary lines. The founding fathers understood how a person uses their freedom and liberty will determine how great or how not so great a nation will function. Christians have responsibilities that come with the gift of freedom. We have to decide if we are going to be able to use this gift of freedom or we're going to abuse this gift of freedom. Freedom and discipline have come to be viewed as total contradictions. It's like freedom is over here and discipline is over here. And I am here to tell you today that they are one. They're not total contradiction. In fact, freedom is in the same place as discipline. In fact, discipline is the final reward of freedom. Freedom is bought with a high price. It is not just claimed. Today, there are professional soccer players from Spain and the Netherlands. We have professional skaters, professional baseball players, and and racehorses, and they're free to perform their skill. They're free to do what they can do and what they do only because they have been subjected to countless hours of grueling, practice hours and hours of rigid discipline if they did not practice the discipline they would not have the freedom to be out there in South Africa they would not be able to be out there riding horses or playing baseball they would not be able to do that if they did not practice discipline there are boundaries to the freedom that we have are you all following me Every sport carries boundaries and rules that cannot be broken because if they are broken, then they are disqualified. Men are free to soar in space and women because they have willingly confined themselves to a tiny capsule that has been produced by highly trained scientists and craftsmen. They don't understand everything of what it takes to put a whole spaceship together. All they know is what they're supposed to do. But they have confined themselves to that discipline and to follow the instructions that have been given to them by someone else. Jesus bled and died. He gave his life so that you and I could be free. But freedom is not free. With freedom comes responsibility. We have to decide what we will do with the freedom in Christ. From the very beginning, God desired to give us freedom and boundaries. In Genesis 3:1, it says, Now the serpent was craftier than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? See, God had given freedom to Adam and Eve, to manage the whole garden. He gave them all the freedom that they wanted. There were boundaries in that he said, there's only one tree you can't touch. He gave them a whole lot of freedom, but he said, now this one, don't even think about it. This is not for you. There were boundaries that were set to protect Adam and Eve from evil boundaries that were set even though they had all this freedom they still had boundaries they were not set for the purpose of limiting adam and eve they were set so that they could continue to walk and live and be free the problem is and it continues today whenever we begin to start questioning those boundaries Why can't I touch that tree? Why can't I eat that? Why can't I go out and go to the club? Why can't I go and drink? Why can't I smoke? Why, why, why? And we want to always test the boundaries. You have so much freedom, but we always want what we can't have. We always want what somebody said, no. And you're like, no? No. You told me no? And we want to test those boundaries and say, why? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? God had provided everything that Adam and Eve would need for life. But he also entrusted man with the responsibility to manage and to work the garden. He gave him all the freedom in that responsibility. God knows that we were meant to work creatively through our work. And each of us today must have freedom and boundaries in our work life. Whenever you've been hired for a job, you must have the freedom to make certain decisions. You must also have the authority to manage that area within your expertise. But in your job, you also have to know the limits of your area of responsibility. You can't just go and tell your boss, I think we should do this, or I think we should do that, you, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do it. You have to operate within your limits. You need to know where those limits are, and you need to stay within those boundaries, because both freedom and boundaries are always under the umbrella of God's authority and under our bosses or managers or whoever we work under. There was a time in my life, without Christ, that I had no freedom. I had no freedom from whatever impulse I had. 14 years old, I was at a record store, and the impulse to steal just overwhelmed me, totally overwhelmed me. And I stole some 45s. Okay, okay, I'm dated. (laughs) And I got away with it. So the next time, I said, if I can do a 45, I can surely try a 33. You ever try to sneak a 33 underneath your shirt? (laughs) Don't work. It just doesn't work. If you don't, you know those 30 big old albums... (laughs) couldn't hide it. Got busted. But I was at the mercy of my master. At that particular time, my master was Satan and sin was my lifestyle. And when the drive grew within me, I had nothing to stop me from following my impulse. Had nothing to stop me from stealing, from cheating, from lying I had nothing to stop me by to tell me that's wrong. Don't do that because everything inside of me said, hey, it's gonna benefit me. I had nothing and no one to restrain me. And I'm gonna let you know it was an awful bondage. Sometimes we think if we can we're free to do whatever we want, that we'll be free. No, it's a bondage. Before I met my husband, I was in other relationships where I was driven by jealousy. Jealousy consumed me. Jealousy, if you're jealous here, it makes you serve it like a slave serves a master. Then I met my husband. And then God's grace had already come into my life and it had taken full control. Before I knew it, I didn't even realize I wasn't jealous anymore. It just was not there. For the first time in my life, I had true love, joy, romance, spontaneity. Oh my gosh, was my husband spontaneous. But God brought me a man who loved me no matter what. No matter what, and who was committed to me for all of his life. That love and that commitment motivated me to love and return to him more than I had ever done before. I no longer loved out of fear that I would lose him. But now I loved out of joy and blessing because it was connected to unconditional love. See, Jesus understood the boundaries of freedom. When he was tempted for 40 days by the devil after being baptized, he was challenged by Satan to go outside of his freedom, outside of his boundaries, because Satan reminded Jesus, you know what? You could turn those stones into bread. I know you're hungry. Turn them into bread. Easily, Jesus could have justified his power. He could have justified turning stones into bread because he hadn't eaten for 40 days. How many times do we justify? We step out of our boundaries. We do what we think. It's okay. I mean, I'm hungry. I'm starving. And we justify Jesus could not justify the power to feed himself because he understood that he could do nothing outside the boundaries of God's will for his life. He knew that. He understood that. It was God's will for Jesus to be tempted. It was God's will for him to withstand the temptation and God was trying to tell him, just like he tries to tell us, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So you and I are tempted every day to go beyond our God-ordained boundaries. Sometimes it's just solving financial problems that we brought on ourselves through debt. Sometimes it's making wrong decisions due to pressure. Pressure. Sometimes it's telling somebody off because they hurt our feelings. Sometimes it's manipulating someone in order for the end to benefit us. All of these things represent rebellion toward God. They are temptations that will cause us to go outside of our God-ordained boundaries. God has created for us to live within the boundaries of his law, and God's laws are freeing and they're life-giving. Galatians 5.1 says, Christ has freed us so that we may enjoy the benefits of freedom. Therefore, be firm and do not become slaves again. Don't become slaves again. Sometimes we get saved and then we want to just keep doing what we want to do. And he says, you've already been there. You've already done that. Don't become enslaved again. Don't keep doing what you used to do. You're different. Everyone who is going to be baptized today, you're going to get out of that water and you're going, you're going to look the same. You're going to smile the same. You're, you're going to you know, walk the same. But on the inside, on the inside, you're going to be different. On the inside, you're going to be able to see things different, see people different. As believers, we are claimed. We are asked to claim our freedom, but we're also asked to use our freedom responsibly. We are created to operate within those God-given boundaries. When we remain within those God-given boundaries and limits, life is going to be okay. But when we try to live outside of those parameters that God has given us, those decisions will inevitably lead us to pain, isolation, doubt, sadness, and everything else that comes with a life without God. There is a God-given pleasure in following God's commands. There is a blessing in living in the freedom of boundaries. Living outside of God's intended purposes is like being on a roller coaster that is only going in the dark. Ever been on a roller coaster in the dark for the first time? You don't know if it's going this way or that way or up or down. You never know. And that's what it's like when you live outside of God's boundaries. We have a freedom to be ourselves. This freedom to be who we are is awesome. God says, I want you to be you. I don't want you to be like anybody else. I don't want you to be a a cookie-cutter clone of anybody." I want you to be you. It is freedom that we have to make choices, freedom to know his will, freedom to walk in it, freedom to obey his leading, freedom. Once you've tasted freedom, nothing else will satisfy you. Those of you who have ever been in jail or prison or lockdown or on discipline, doesn't freedom taste good? Those of you in the home, when you've been on discipline and you're off discipline, man, that feels good. You get to come in and have dessert. If you're on discipline today, oh my gosh, too bad, so sad. Because we are going to have dessert today. (laughs) But we are free from the penalty of sin because Christ died on the cross for us. And through his spirit, we are also free from the power of sin in our daily life. Now, listen. Many people feel that when you became a Christian, you gave up your freedom. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't cuss. I can't smoke. I can't drink. I can't party. I can't, man, I can't do anything. What you gave up when you became a Christian was you gave up your slavery to sin. That's what you gave up. That's what you gave up. What did you give up? You gave up being under bondage. You gave up your master, your former master. Now you are under another master. In his book, Rebuilding Your Broken World, Gordon MacDonald Told, re- retells the story that many remember. In 1988, Charles and Diana, who were the Prince and Princess of Wales at that time, and some of their friends took a skiing trip in Switzerland. Some of you might remember this event. That same day when they took the trip, we all heard on the news that there was a terrible accident that was caused by an avalanche in which one of the prince's lifelong friends was killed and someone else was seriously injured. Now, it seemed that it was just a sheer coincidence, accident, that the prince wasn't killed or hurt, because he was right there in the midst of it. How did this happen? It happened because prince, this, the prince, Charles, and his whole group chose to ski on the slopes that were closed to the public. The avalanche warnings had been posted, but they had chosen to go beyond the fences. You know why? Because that's where the fun is. That's where the excitement is when you cross a boundary line that you're not supposed to. And what they found in their pleasure What they thought was way more attractive brought death to one of his friends. They weren't operating within the margins of being wise and following the signs. The avalanche demanded a price for those that went beyond the fence. And the result? A lot of worlds were broken that day. Like the prince and his party, who could not stay inside the fence. All of us, all of us get curious. Curious enough at times to go right up to the fence and try to look in between those boards and say, what are they doing over there? How are they doing it? Are they having fun? Do they look like they're having fun? And some don't, are not satisfied with looking between the boards some people actually say i wonder if i can sneak away from god and not suffer any consequences i wonder if i can go beyond the fence and nothing happen too many people are persistent for freedoms to do what they shouldn't do 1 Corinthians 10:23 says, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for me. I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. There are those people who say, I am free in Christ. Therefore, I can do anything I want. Many believe that freedom means that you have a license to do whatever you want whenever you want with whomever you want. It has been said that the license of abuse of grace serves only yourself. It serves you selfishly and it serves you sinfully. It is an unrestrained life that will put God's commands on the shelf. The Christian who falls into license of saying, I can do whatever I want with with whoever I want, and nobody can tell me nothing, the Christian who falls into that situation may justify their sin. They may justify it and say, you know what? I'm already forgiven. Or they'll rationalize and say, you know what? I may have crossed over the boundary lines, but all i got to do is ask God to forgive me, and he'll forgive me. I read the Bible. The Bible says if I ask God to forgive me, he'll do it. You hear anybody say that? all they're telling you is that they are totally immature. Because when you read the word of God in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and verses 15, it says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Do not abuse God's grace and think that you're going to be able to get away with it. Do not think that you can come and pretend to be a Christian on Sunday morning and then live like the devil for the rest of the week. Part of the problem of the lack of discipline and the overabundance of self-indulgence for the believer is the feelings. Feelings become more important to us than God. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like saying no. I don't feel. And that becomes the most important thing. God's word may say one thing, but I don't feel like it. And those feelings cause you to sin. The person who practices license by living by grace just says, I can do whatever I want because Grace is there. They are what is called antimonian. Now, what is antimonian? And I I had to look it up because I had never heard of this word. An antimonian type of person is someone who says that Christians are not bound by established laws, especially moral laws, but they should rely on faith and divine grace for their salvation. That means I can do whatever I want, say whatever I want, go wherever I want because I am under grace. Totally throwing out God's laws. Totally throwing out the boundaries that God has set. They are free to live together without getting married. They are free to be fornicators and free to be adulterers and free to cheat and free to lie and free to steal. And they still claim to be followers of God. I know, because I just met a couple just the other day. they have been living together for seven years. And I said, when are you going to get married? And they're like, mm, we're not ready. But, but don't you want to serve God? I'm a Christian. I serve God. Yeah, but you need to get married. Who says we have to get married? That's the law. We don't live under the law. We live under grace. And I was like, okay. And I said, do you have time? I would like to show you the word. I don't have time right now. I got it all under control. I know God's grace, and I can live the way I'm living. There are people who will use their sin and say, I'm under grace. You live under the law. No, I live under the word of God. The word of God has boundaries. The word of God says what we can and cannot do. Antimonian Christians, are, they have their principle and philosophy of life is one of total freedom. They do not consider the law because they are lawless. They do not consider love because they are selfish. Their basic philosophy of life is one of total freedom. That was the philosophy of the Libertines in the days of the New Testament. And it is the philosophy today of Hugh Hefner and Playboy magazine. There is no absolutes, there's no boundaries, there's no laws. Those who feel they have the freedom to sleep with whomever they want suffer the consequences of AIDS, syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia, herpes, and many other transmitted diseases. On top of that, there's birth defects that come with this so-called freedom. People who spend their lives trying to satisfy every fleshly appetite find out that phony freedom is even worse than the rules that God has set for us. Don't allow your freedom in behavior or speech to take opportunities that go way beyond what is considered appropriate in your relationship with God or your exampleship to other believers. You have a responsibility to live and act and talk and walk and dress a certain way Not just for yourself, but for other believers. Other people are watching you. Listen to this. 2 Timothy 3 reads like this. 1 through 5. It says, you should know. This is Paul talking to Timothy. You should know, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, disobedient to their parents, whoops, disobedient to their parents I'm not talking about teenagers I'm talking about adults I have, I know adults who are disobedient to their parents and you're saying well you don't know my mom you don't know my dad, no I don't know them but I do know the word of God Those of you who are teenagers, you need to be obedient to your parents. Those of you who are adults, you need to continue to be obedient to your parents. Ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. Ever been betrayed? It's the last days. They will be reckless. They'll be puffed up with pride. And they'll love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. They will act religious. But they will reject the power that could make them godly. Then it says stay away from people like that. That's the word of God. The things of life involve a total freedom and a total liberty. A man's worst trouble only begins when they begin to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, however they want to do it, with whomever they want to do it. Just like the Constitution of the United States promises all of its citizens liberty. That's what we're guaranteed on our Constitution, right? liberty, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is in our Constitution. We have that promise from the United States of America, but because we have that promise, we do not have a license to go out and break the laws. We, you can't be able to say, well, judge, in the Constitution, it says that I have liberty, and because of that liberty, I broke this law and that law and this law. What's the judge going to say? Catch you later. Lock you up. But but I have liberty. (laughs) No, you don't. You do not have the liberty to do whatever you want, whenever you want. There are laws in this country. We can never enjoy true freedom without some restrictions on our activities. If every man did what was right in their own eyes like they did in Judges, the result would be total anarchy. If you listen to the news this past week, they kept using that word, anarchy. We have anarchists in Oakland, and, and they kept, anybody ever heard, heard that word this past week? They kept saying, there's anarchists in Oakland. We got to deal with these anarchists. We're gonna, and do you know what anarchy is? It is the total lack of organization and control. And that's what was happening. There were people who were coming from the outside, people who did not live in Oakland, people who were not part of it, but they were all instigators. And you can always tell who the anarchists are. You know how you can tell how they are? Because when they come in a group, they hide their face. They always have something that hides their face because they don't want to be known. And they're the ones that are instigating all the other people. And there's pictures that are going out of all the anarchists, and they're just trying to get them without their mask. Be careful, because there are some people who are religious, who come to church, who proclaim Christianity, but they hide their face. They're out of control in their own personal life, and they try to pull you with them. I always want to remember one thing Jesus did not die. So that I could be free in my worship. He did not die so that I could be free financially. He did not die so that I could be free physically. He did not die so that I could be free socially. You know why he died? So that I could be free from sin. That's why he died. That's what you're going to see in the word of God. He didn't die for all those other things. He died to free you from sin. And that is the core, that is the source of our redemption story. We focus way too much on freedom, on the external and the outward. And God wants to free us on the inside from sin. But I'll tell you this, if I'm not free from sin, then I'm not free to worship. If I'm not free from sin, then I'm not going to be free financially. If I'm not free from sin, I'll never be free socially. It is for freedom from sin that Jesus Christ was sacrificed on the cross. We're free from the bondage of sin and death. We're no longer slaves to sin, but to righteousness. We can never, ever forget that. We do not deserve what we have. We have been given freedom from sin. As Christians, we are to maintain a standard of conduct. Because God says to be holy as I am holy. Liberty and freedom always comes with conditions. And that's why we need to treasure it. We need to defend it. We need to use it responsibly. Our opening scripture says that we are to use our freedom to serve each other with love. Think about the possibility if we would all be willing to serve each other with love. Too many people are looking for a church with the idea that the church is supposed to serve them. Maybe we should be asking, what can I do for this church and the people who are a part of it? So This is one of the reasons for coming to church, so that we can learn how to serve each other. We grow closer as we worship together and as we learn to serve each other, we can be able to be more Christ-like. But how can we serve each other if we don't even know each other? That's why we have picnics. That's why we're going to the beach today. That's why we have journey groups, so that we can have an opportunity to serve. Those of you who are not involved in a journey group, we're not having an opportunity to know you and to serve you. You're missing out. We're missing out, but you're missing out. What God would really rather rather have us do is to rush from opportunity to opportunity eager to serve each other the laws build fences around us but love builds bridges and that's what we have to do thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself you know if we lived by that this would solve every problem in every relationship you know why because if you love people if you really truly love people with the love of Christ, you're not going to steal from them. You're not going to lie to them or about them. You're not going to envy them or you're not going to try to hurt them because you're going to love them just like you love yourself. Love is only from the Lord. God has given us a great freedom, call, a great gift called freedom. And we're free today. We are free from guilt. We are free from the penalty of sin. But we have to decide what we're going to do with that freedom. We can either use it or we can abuse it. Liberty is not the ability to do whatever you want. It is not about your rights. It's about relationships. It is not about you being satisfied. It's about the salvation that was given so freely to you. So my question to you today is, what are you gonna do with the freedom that you have? Are you gonna use it to love, to serve, to build? Or are you gonna use it as a license to sin and destroy other people? Think about how you right now use your freedom that has been given to you so freely. The way each one of us uses our freedom in Christ will determine what kind of home, what kind of church, even what kind of community we're going to have. Ask God to show you his freedom and ask him to show you the boundaries, the boundaries that you need to live within. They're not meant to hinder your life. They're meant to enhance your life. Bow your heads with me this morning. As your heads are bowed, And your eyes are closed. I want to remind you that spiritual freedom is available to you today. All it takes is to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. And for those of you who are here and you don't know him or maybe you've heard of him or maybe you did know him but you step back. All you need to do is tell him that you need him and that you want to change. You can have that freedom in your life right now. And if you're here and you want to rededicate your life or or this is the first time you've come and you want to give your life to the Lord, you've picked a great day to do it. If you're here this morning and that's you, I would love the opportunity to pray with you. If you could raise your hand and put it down, I'd like to pray with you. God bless 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 you. Many, many. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Many people want to know Him and experience that freedom. And maybe you're here today. And you you know God. You know the freedom. But you also know that you've been going past the boundary lines. There's been boundary lines set and you know you've been crossing them. You've been crossing them in your thoughts. You've been crossing them in your actions. You've been crossing them with the way you talk. And what you talk about. You've been crossing them in your imagination. God set those boundaries for you to be free. And the enemy is trying to pull you back and make you think you're missing out. You've been given a freedom today. But you want prayer. Would you raise your hand?